Welcome to the summer. Welcome to June 2022 in Gaza on the go. All the sports talk you need from the weekend less than 40 minutes before we give you those scorching hot sports tanks. We've got to tell you about the people that make this podcast and Gaza the media possible. Mohawk Honda, Kelly, Blue Book Offer. We've been telling you all about it in 2022. We continue to tell you about it this summer. It's where you can get a new vehicle and money in your pocket. Wherever you're listening to Gaz on the Go, we tell you it's worth the drive to Glenville, New York. And I say that because I know it from firsthand experience. 2022 vehicle sent in my driveway, the Pilot EXL. How can I afford it? How can I make it work for my family? I found out the vehicle that was best. I worked with Cam McKenna, Brian McKenna, whoever it might be, Lindsey Heron, Greg Johnson, the entire staff over at Mohawk Honda can help you find exactly what you're looking for get that bragging right this summer that you got the best vehicle you've ever had in your entire life you can make it happen right now stopping over to glenville new york check them out on social media as well send over their instagram facebook all the good stuff nick and nate are doing send it to your friends your family members and more so they know about what's going on at mohawk honda mohawk honda glenville new york tell me you heard about it from right here on gaz and the go when you stop and you heard the recommendation mohawk honda where they always go out of their way to please you and our friends over at Lily and David Fine Jewelers located at their spot on the shops of Whitten Route 50 right off there head into Lily and David Fine Jewelers it's officially wedding season how many weddings do you have planned for your summer how many road trips you're gonna have hopefully you're driving that Honda over to the road trips and you're stopping in the wedding you gotta make sure you're looking good get that fashion upgraded a little bit make sure that certain somebody in your life is looking good whether it's that new pair of earrings maybe it's that new necklace and for some of you Maybe it's that ring around the finger. Find your engagement ring at Lily and David Fine Jewelers. They'll work with you to find the engagement ring that's not going to break the bank, but still going to get those compliments for both you and her for the rest of your lives. Alyssa, David, and the staff over at Lily and David Fine Jewelers helps me make one of the biggest purchases of my life. And now almost five years after the engagement, still getting compliments on the ring to this day. You can have that same thing happen for you. A family-owned and operated business They've been helping people across upstate New York. Now they can help you make that big purchase. Engagement rings, wedding bands, two-for-one deals always going on. They can add to that style for this summer. It's Lily and David Fine Jewelers right off Route 50, the shops of Wilton. Stop in, tell them, hey, I heard about Goss. This is where he bought his engagement ring, right? And his Christmas gift and his wedding band and help for his wedding and more. Yeah, they'll know about it. Lily and David Fine Jewelers, Route 50, the shops of Wilton. When you stop in, tell them you heard about it from right here on Goss on the Go. All right, let's talk some sports. Let's do it. Let's talk about the NBA Finals to lead it off. It's by the time you're listening to this game one Thursday, game one Celtics and Warriors. Give a little love to our guy on the ESPN radio call. I know I'm plugging ESPN radio. Mark Castashire, Gaza, the media side. If you've missed the interview, go back and listen to Gilderland's own talk about his career, and especially the 2018 footage we've got about J.R. Smith. So a lot of fun there with Mark Castashire. Looking forward to supporting him as we always do. Capital Region, Upstate New York. All right, into the series itself. You know, hang on. Before we get into this series, let's talk about Game 7 between the Celtics and the Heat. Did anybody else find the Jason Tatum, Kobe Bryant text kind of lame? Now, the thought of it's great. Going out and honoring somebody who meant a lot, not just your professional career, but your life in general, having the 24 sweatband on, and the text message, if you missed it, of I got you today with the fingers crossed, set to Kobe Bryant, that's, that's great. Really to find the way to honor somebody who's important to your life. Wonderful. What's lame is he went to social media and posted it. If you kept that to yourself and told us later in a 30 for 30 or a documentary or something about your life, that's cool. 
But doing it and then sharing it to everybody, fishing for the attention, showing us how cool you were, making it a story, it kind of felt a little lame. I don't know if I'm get off my lawn guy or I'm too old for that, but if you do something in honor of someone else and then immediately run to social media and say, hey, I honored somebody, tell me how great I am, kind of takes away the purpose of it. Maybe it's just a different era of athlete in a different sport and it's a business as it you could probably sell me as to why he did it. Initially, it felt weird. But the, all right, the series itself. Celtics and Warriors, it goes back to what I've thought about the Warriors for so many different NBA finals they've been in. How do you pick against them? Each time the Golden State Warriors have gone to the NBA finals, I've never picked against them. My same take in 2022 has been the same take when Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and others have gone to NBA finals before. How are you going to outshoot them? How are you going to outshoot the Golden State Warriors from beyond the arc, from threes, from the inside play, the outside? They can do it all. They're one of the true great NBA dynasties of all time. Phoenix isn't here. They're not coming back. The Clippers aren't here. The Lakers aren't here. It's the Golden State Warriors again when healthy and finding other players to contribute. It's hard for me to pick against Golden State. I've got Golden State in six. Now, even though I'm confessed my bias for the Golden State Warriors over the past NBA Finals. They have gotten beat. They got beat by the Cavalier team that was down three games to one against them. LeBron, James, Kyrie, Kevin Love. Golden State got beat there. And let's give love to the Toronto Raptors, who in that series, it looked like, no way. Kawhi Leonard can't win it by himself. His role players can't hang with Steph Curry and company. But sure enough, it was Toronto and that city in Canada. Jurassic Park and company pulling in the NBA championship north of the border. We the North. How'd they do it? Good defense. Stepping up and making plays. Kawhi Leonard showing off what he can be. We almost missed Kawhi for not showing off that to a player he's been three years ago. But the Raptors did it. How can Boston do it? Can Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown elevate their status to superstars? Can they play better than Steph Curry and Klay Thompson? It's hard for me to believe that because I haven't seen that. Can Draymond Green and Marcus Smart have a defensive battle back and forth of who's the best defender in the NBA? That's a fun matchup. How often they'll guard each other is likely not very much. The coaches, the hell, there's some great storylines in this. Boston going for their first championship since 2008 when they beat the Lakers. And we just see that trade, what, now about 10 years, nine years ago, involving the Brooklyn Nets and Garnett and Allen and everyone else of, oh, yeah, that Brooklyn Boston trade gave the Celtics Tatum and Brown. How a 10-year wait has almost paid off for the Celtic franchise. I'll take Golden State in six. The greatest shooters of all time on one team with Boston. Just better players and going out and winning the East. They took down Miami. Philly couldn't get here again and more. Give me the Warriors. Golden State in six. Steph Curry gets that finals MVP. Solidifies that all-time greatest shooter ever and continues to put his name in the conversation as a top 20 player of all time 20 15 and 10 isn't out of question but top 20 player of all time if Steph Curry wins this championship Golden State in six hope we get seven and I hope every game is competitive in this final series matchup in this NBA season Four teams remain in the quest for the Stanley Cup on the Western Conference side of it. The Edmonton Oilers, the Colorado Avalanche, the Eastern Conference side, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the New York Rangers. Rangers, as of this taping, were winning heading into the third period. The Avalanche and Oilers, 8-6 to six 
was the final score. High scoring hockey, laughable of how high these scores have gone. It feels sort of like 1990s baseball with the home runs flying out of the ballpark. It feels like mid 2010 NBA with three pointers hitting a remarkable historic pace at that point. Easy fun storylines here for the NHL playoffs too. You've got the best player in the NHL and Connor McDavid. Maybe the number two player, Austin Matthews, no disrespect to you, but Nathan McKinnon for Colorado. You've got the reigning, defending Stanley Cup champions in the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you've got the Cinderella ragtag bunch. That's the New York Rangers. How often do we call a New York team the underdog, the Cinderella? You've got to go back decades. Maybe, you know what? Probably back to the Knicks' eighth seed in 1999, that lockout season. What a true New York team at the professional level felt like the underdog even when the rangers got to the most recent stanley cup in 2014 that king's team in 2014 was the eighth seed it's been a while it's been a minute a new york minute i guess that's fast well, goes against what i meant you get the point uh the new york team is the underdog in this series breaking down the series i'll take talent over talent i'll take colorado and i'll take tampa to reach the stanley cup finals i would have Loved if I had rode with Colorado more financially. We'll find out if those bets would have paid off for me. I should have put more down on the avalanche. I called that way back when we did our NHL preview in April. So we'll see if the avalanche can continue their historic pace. But there's more to these games and more to this series that is so much more influential for the future of the NHL. Does it seem like more people are talking about hockey than ever before? I saw Syracuse.com's Brent X talking about how first takes not giving it enough love. The debate shows are not giving the love it deserves for the hockey stats and numbers and super. You're probably giving up at that point. Get up and first take. What did Aaron Rodgers' fart smell like this morning? Josh Allen skipping OTAs. Is he a bad quarterback? Even though we all know he's in the golf match with the other quarterbacks. You know that content you're going to get with that audience. But I'm talking about like your friends. Your fellow sports fans. Hockey is entering the conversation more. I found myself on social media and just in settings with buddies being like, oh, this, you watch hockey? Oh, you're talking about hockey? You know the players? Now, why has it happened? What has changed? Is it as simple as that ESPN, even in the year 2022, when it puts on live games, people just flip on? ESPN and whatever's on there becomes the talking point. Is it as simple as that in 2022? Maybe that's it. But for those people who just simply say sports, ESPN, good. You're probably not the person who listens to this podcast. You're probably not seeking out your own style and things that maybe hopefully sometimes and once in a while entertain you because you know there's other options for sports than ESPN. So I don't know if it's as simple as that. I like my guy LeVac said. said maybe it's the expansion of sports gambling, sports wagering. That hockey's on all the time. Now, baseball, you can play the fantasy numbers, and it's more same-game parlays, it seems, in baseball. There's just a huge rush of people who want to wager on both college and the NFL and basketball hoops. You can find ways to do too. But whether it's chasing, whether it's feeling like you're more confident than other people, maybe the influx of sports wagering has helped hockey more than any other sport. I thought it'd be a sport like racing or golf with higher odded numbers. Instead, it's been hockey that has been talked about more and more. The NHL's benefited from the most. And now the NHL's got to be smiling ear to ear that you get the champions, the New York market, 
the best team and the best player as your showcase for your best in the sport. How could it be any better for the NHL? And night after night, people are talking about with your split television contract between the Turner side of it and the ESPN side of it. So give me the Stanley Cup, give me Colorado, give me Tampa, give me the talent over talent in both series, and we'll get an amazing Stanley Cup. But the more important thing for the NHL is in comparison to 10 or 15 years ago when the NHL was airing games on Versus in the Hunting Channel, now you've got the prime real estate on ESPN, and you can feel the conversation shifting of who cares about hockey or only a small group of people care about hockey too. Do you see that game last night between these two squats on the ice? I'm joining us at the MVP Arena this Saturday as the Albany Empire take on the Carolina Cobras. Kickoff is set for 7 o'clock. Godzilla Media is going to have your coverage for the pregame show from 3.30 to 5. The two best teams in the NAL. The Albany Empire have had some wacky, weird, strange things happen to them over the course of the last probably years, going back to 2021 with COVID. And now 2022, Iron Man delaying stuff in game one, game two, a reschedule. How about just things go nice here in game three for everybody, from Mike Cord to the owner, to my buddy, the team president, Jeff Levesque, to coach Tom Manas and his staff and his players and more. Hopefully everything goes well here for game three. Now, how important is game three for this season? I'm talking at least the home games. This can re-change what we think about the NAL. If you thought the reigning defending champions of the NAL were vulnerable, not as good, banged up, the Empire can change that talk in the league if they take down Carolina. Now, remember, Carolina and Albany, when they last matched up, the Albany Empire had a different quarterback. Mike Faithful, the quarterback, now Sam Caster, Nova under center. How much, if at all, will the impact be with the new quarterback for the Empire? If Sam Caster, Nova can go out and help his team to a victory over the Carolina Cobras, the talk in the league completely changes. From this is Carolina's team, Carolina's the best, they're the no-doubt cream of the crop of the NAL in 2022. Ooh, wait a second. The Cobras lost again. Maybe this is Albany's title to defend. Maybe the Empire with some changes from Gorman to Wade on defense and offense, figuring out, this is Ironman football, and we've got some of the best in the league to help us win. It is very possible that's the impact of this weekend's game. Come out and join us. You might be getting an early preview of the 2022 NAL championship between these two teams, Albany and Carolina. Come on, MVP Arena. This can be how the summer gets kicked off right for the Empire. A big win over the top team with great weather, great competition, better play than we've seen the first two games. Game two was a blowout. We mentioned game one. Game three has the pace to be the best game of the season, and you can be watching it with us. Join us on YouTube as well for whatever reason. If you're listening outside of the Capital Region or can't make it to the game, tickets available AlbanyEmpireNAL.com. We are poised to watch the best Empire game of the season and the Empire reign supreme. I can't predict the game because I'm broadcasting for the home side of it. I'll predict this, the best game so far in MVP arena for the Albany Empire and fans of the team. Last week, I told you all about Kumar Rocker, how his debut for the Tri-City Valley Cats can be the biggest deal in the capital region in this summer in 2022, if not the entire year. What he can do on the mound, how he can help. Uh, one more time for the reset. 2021, the first round top 20 pick 
selected by the Mets in the Major League Baseball draft out of Vanderbilt, decides not to go. Why? Was it money? Was it health? It depends on who you ask. And now he's back eligible for the 2022 Major League Baseball draft, which is going to be held in July. July, not June. Traditionally, the Major League Baseball draft was held in June, now in July. So I bring that up because if Rocker will take the mound this Saturday, you do quick math. Okay, it's mid-July when the draft is. Rocker is going to debut in early June. That's about six weeks. We'll say six weeks for the sake of the math here. So if he pitches once every five days, we're looking at six, eight, less than 10 starts for Kumar Rocker. So let's go with eight as the max starts Rocker gets. How many pitches? How often does he take a day off? Does he have three really good starts and says, I'm good. You've seen enough. Does he have 100 pitches and says, I'm good. You've seen enough. There's more to this game than unfortunately I want it to be. That's why my tempered expectations now sit here taping in comparison to the excitement of earlier in May. Because let's say he goes out and shuts down Frontier League baseball bats. And he does it for five innings. You know what Valley Cat fans and people like me, Capital Region sports fans and hell scouts are going to be like? You're supposed to do that. You're a top 20 player. You're not playing against SEC talent. You're not pitching against professionals at the minor league level. You're pitching against the guys in the Frontier League. And I'm not trying to disrespect those guys, but if Rocker had flipped it over and was pitching in double A AA or triple A at this point, this fast in his career, they'd say that's better competition. That's it. So what if Kumar Rocker goes out and gives up four runs? I think it's the agent wants him to pitch as soon as possible the next game. Does he want to shut the whole thing down? Does he want to say, there are a lot of things, and I'm talking money, dollar signs, dollar dollar bills, y'all involved with Kumar Rocker start to start. Because if there wasn't a transition of value and evaluation and money, he wouldn't have pitched this summer. He would have said, you guys know what I did in 2021 on the mound for Vanderbilt. Why am I going to pitch this year? Oh, you want me to go out and prove it. You don't believe I'm the number one player, the number five player. Okay, get your clocks ready. Watch my dominance on the mound. And how long do you want me to do it? The Angels going to decide it. I wish it was the Valley Cats or Albany sports fans, or Kumar Rocker. Business decision can be made. And with all the hype around Kumar Rocker, that's what I don't want to have happen. Is that if you're a young baseball fan in the region, if you're just a sports fan in general, hasn't had a chance to go to the Valley Cats games in a few years, now the Valley Cats are still going through a transition of being a Frontier League rather than Minor League affiliated team, which there is a difference. I don't want your expectations to be too high. You might think you're going to have Kumar Rocker forever, and he might be there for three starts. Enjoy him while he's there. Enjoy the opportunity to watch what could be one of the best pitchers in baseball for years to come and remember he came through Albany and you get the chance to do that on Saturday. Loved and hated the fantasy football beef between Jock Peterson and Tommy Fan. I kept going back and forth. I'm like, should this even make this week's guys in the go? Should it not? But I thought about emotion of it. We can break down a box score, or a weird storyline or OTAs or the magic. No. If a story gets emotion out of you, and for me, two different emotions, and maybe you felt the same thing about this fantasy football beef. To reset, Tommy Pham saw Jock Peterson and slapped him Will Smith style over a fantasy football ruling about if you could have injured players on your bench or guys who'd gone to the IR, roster stash, and everything else that was in the preseason rules. Does it even matter what the details are of it? I know 
There are now details being held, or as kids like to say, we got receipts from Tommy Pham. We got receipts from what happened involved in this big beef between him and Jock Peterson. I don't think it matters. I think the cooler part is we know that fantasy football has influenced professional athletes. We know that professional athletes in baseball, basketball, whatever it might be, also want to find ways to wager. I'm not saying this is like full Pete Rose where you're wagering on the games. Wagering on a baseball game in comparison to playing fantasy football or March Madness brackets does feel different. Some would roll their eyes and say, how different is it, guys? You know that a guy for the Yankees isn't influencing a March Madness game. You know a guy for the Minnesota Twins is not screaming that he needs more catches from Odell Beckham Jr. when he plays for the Rams and somehow is making it happen. He can have fun and call him and say he's on his fantasy team, but that's about it, the true influence of it. If anything, you might get a tip on actually wagering on the games of your friends with Odell Beckham Jr. But it's more about watching these beefs happen and Mike Trout gets involved. Mike Trout is now being called the worst commissioner in fantasy football league history because of him not stepping in and dealing with this feud. As bad as it seems to be for Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson, do you think Mike Trout, the best player in baseball the last 10 years, 15? Hell, you want to go deeper with stats and numbers and war? You might tell me even further back than then is looking around like, hey, over here. You know, the Angels that are fighting for a playoff spot, the Angels that are always supposed to be good. If you want to talk about me involving fantasy football, I'm in. I'll do it. Every time baseball has a beef, a grunge, a rivalry, an argument, anytime baseball is talked about more than any other professional sport, win. It's what they want. Good. Talk about us more. Give me more drama. Give me more rivalries. Give me more heat. It's pretty simple. We've talked about people going back and forth and giving you reasons to watch. That's the only difference. And you know what's further back for baseball than that? When Sosa and McGuire and Bonds, those guys gave you a reason to watch. When people started hating Tom Brady because he won too much, people wanted to see him get beat. A reason to watch. From big fights and boxing in the UFC to the NBA and LeBron James going after the we give you reasons to watch. The problem with baseball is that there's so much downtime, there's a lot you can skip rather than what you can watch. But when you've got big-time home run hitters now like Aaron Judge, when you've got Pham versus Peterson, when you've got Tim Anderson versus Josh Donaldson, reasons to watch. Baseball's down with it. I'm sure they don't love parading around the fact that their players are finding ways to wager on other sports, but I'm sure they wouldn't mind if another sponsor came in and hey, DraftKings, come on down. I loved it. I loved everything about it. And if you want more, by the way, on that fantasy football beef and how to handle it or something's happening like that in your league, check out the most recent episode of Pugsley's Pit where we talk about that. My guy, Sean Martin, brings me on. We talk about that and more this past week. And by the way, if you've had this happen in your fantasy league, hit up Pugsley's Pit. Hit me up on Twitter at Tom Goss, T-O-M-G-O-Z-Z. Feel free to share your story. AEW's biggest event of the year, Double or Nothing, this past Saturday. I watched it. All right, let's break this down a little bit. First of all, let's get like the negative stuff out of the way. It was too long, man. It was too much wrestling. All right, it's five hours, and it went to almost one o'clock in the morning. I'll admit that it was pretty long. I fell asleep in the chair. I got a two-year-old here. I don't get to stay up that often, that late. 
and get to enjoy what I want to enjoy, if you know what that means. Usually kids don't. But I don't have a lot of criticisms of the show. We've said it, what, ad nausea on this podcast, but for you who want to tune in for the first time, you know what you're getting with AEW. You're going to be super entertained. You're not getting like AWA guys rolling around, getting asleep or hold. You're going to get high-flying action. You're going to get crazy moves. You're going to get stuff that might test the boundaries of psychology. But as long as you're entertained and enjoying the show, that's what matters. And the fans are always into it for AEW shows. The matches that stuck out. We're going to hold off on MJF here for a second. We're going to get to MJF as a longer take here. Jeff Hardy was hammered. Hammered. My microphone just popped on that. I'm leaving that in because that's how I felt when I listened to Jeff Hardy. He was messed up. Something is wrong. I cannot believe so many people in the wrestling, quote unquote, journalism world are defending Hardy. They've watched tens of thousands of matches. Now I feel like I've watched too many matches. It is obvious from the moment he leaves the backstage curtain, from the moment he leaves almost out of the arena, that there was something wrong with him and it wasn't his boot fell off. Get, get. Oh, so his boot fell off, so it was hard for him to do the match. How about when your shoes fall off? How about just bend down and tie them? That's it. You can figure out a spot there in the match where you can tie your boot back. Stop it. So Jeff Hardy being hammered should have dominated social media. Some of the tag matches, the anarchy matches, the sound playing, unique, different, entertaining, all check, 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 all good things there. The Owen Hart tournament finish with Britt Baker. In Adam Cole winning, was it done intentionally just to get a kiss? And I'm talking about those two dating. And was that the moment they'd hoped for? Uh, opening up time for Owen Hart's widow to speak. Different. Uh, Tony Khan buying another hour on pay-per-view just to let her have as much time. Dr. Martha Hart wanting to speak is something we've never seen quite before. And that moment should always stick around for AEW. Like they tried something that hasn't been done before and it seemed like it was really appreciated by the fans and the Owen Hart Foundation got a spot like it hasn't done quite like this before. Tag matches, everything else. All right, we can run through and break down the whole card. Let's get to the main event and we'll get to MGF. Probably the two things you're most looking forward to. First, the main event. Hangman Page versus CM Punk. I like that the title flipped over. CM Punk is the biggest draw. CM Punk sells the most merchandise. He's the most marketable name. People know who CM Punk is. Now, CM Punk has been on the commercials. He's been talked about. He's in the promo videos and everything else. But if for whatever reason, you flip on AEW and you see CM Punk and you didn't know who the hell he was, now you're going to find out. I don't know what type of percentage of audience that is, but now you've got the chase, as I like to say. Who's going to go up against CM Punk? Who can CM Punk make better? Who do you want to see kick CM Punk's ass? Is it from somebody from New Japan Pro Wrestling? Is it Hangman Adam Page again? Is it MJF again? Again, another dog collar match? Who is it? Samoa Joe, Adam Cole. There's so many different names. Hell, it could be John Moxley. And that's the fun game to play here. Unfortunately for Hangman Page, it might have not been the perfect title run. I've been crapping on Hangman Page from the moment he won that title. Just not a superstar fan of him. Just didn't do it for me. I'm sure he'll win like a secondary title and get back in the picture. But CM Punk being the guy is what AEW wants. Why not have the guy who's the most popular, the most entertaining, the guy who's done it the longest be the champion? Good. Now find out how the fans will react to it. Will they give him the Cody Rhodes treatment? Or they're like, well, 
we've seen enough of that. Sort of like they're giving to Britt Baker. Will they give him the, oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. Never leave us, CM Punk. You are the face of AEW. You're the reason I tune in. Maybe. Maybe that's a good business decision. But CM Punk winning the championship from Hangman Adam Page is can go in so many different directions. The old tree branch and trunk. The old sports radio talk, sports podcast talk. You've got a topic. You can go in so many different directions and all can be entertaining. That can happen with CM Punk. AEW made the right call putting the strap on the... Does he still go by the voice of the voiceless? Yeah. It's, it's weirder now, though. Like Hangman Enterpage said, he feels more corporate. He feels like he's not the same punk before. All things future opponents can build on. Now, let's talk about MJF, shall we? First, for the rumors from the weekend that he may or may not appear on the show because he skipped the meet and greet. Sean Ross Sapp. Brian Alvarez, anybody who covers wrestling professionally, I'm a big Sean Ross Sapp guy from Fightful. The non-traditional media guy, I love him at. He don't miss. So I believe his story that there's a ticket bought for MJF to leave. The fact that the MJF Wardlow match had gone on first in the show, a couple things. One, you know the crowd might potentially hijack the show if MJF's coming later and it's unfair to the other wrestlers on the card. Two, it gets people to tune in right away and buy the pay-per-view. Telling me, yeah, influenced me. It sure did. And three out of the gates get people talking about social media. In that pause of, is he coming? Is he not? Is he coming? He's not. He finally comes in, gets his ass buried by Wardlow, like 10 power bombs. The crowd's into it the whole time. Booing him from the moment he comes out. It is so another level good. This is a type of toying with the crowd and manipulating people that feels a la Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler when they were going on late night shows and no one had any clue if it was real or scripted. Is MJF playing everybody right now? It would seem to be that way until he left on the stretcher with the the air mask on his nose. I thought MJF was going to be off television for a while. And then the tweet comes out. Don't worry, MJF's leading off this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. So once I saw the tweet, I was disappointed. All right, it's scripted. All right, fine, AEW and MJF were in on the quote-unquote, to use a wrestling term, work. And then MJF got the microphone. And I'm telling you, It is one of the true best wrestling promos of all time. If you want to put the CM Punk pipe bomb as the number one promo of all time, if you want to put hard times from Dusty Rhodes or Stone Cold Steve Austin saying 316 or The Rock doing Billy Gunn, but no, it was Billy, Bob, like all those are great. I just ripped through a bunch. Cactus Jack and Dewey. Man, maybe I got to make a list here. That was a quick list right there. That's on the list. That is on the list right there of what he did on Dynamite. I know it's a very similar to the punk pipe bomb that Mike cuts out. He's swearing. He's breaking the fourth wall, if you want to call it that. But I left that thinking, I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know if MJF went rogue. I don't know if it's a work. I don't know if it's real. What's going to happen next week? That's all that matters. To have a grown man wonder, what the hell am I watching? They got me. 
It feels like the summer of punk again. It feels like when Stone Cold Steve Austin was stunnering his boss and drinking beer and Goldberg was coming out, not talking to anybody, just spearing people. Those are the true moments of real or scripted. The great moments in wrestling history. We saw a great promo by MJF. And I can't wait to find out next week. I can't wait to Google his name and find out on social media whether or not it's coming to the back to AEW. If he's going to the WWE. Hell, I would go to the WWE. I would. Take the money and run. Go do your thing. But damn, that was one of the greatest promos of all time. And I thought the summer of MJF was coming in 2023. Uh, Looks like the summer of MJF just started Wednesday night. And before we get to our weekend wagers, let's tell about our friend Jared Lowe's here at Northeastern Insurance. 518-956-3753. 518 518- Nine five six three seven five three. Jared Lozier is the guy that you want to talk to when you want to save some cash in 2022. How about this? It's already June. Maybe you've got a vacation on the way. Maybe your expenses are just getting higher and higher than you had actually hoped for. Let Jared help you find a policy for the things that are important for you. Your car, your home, your small business, the things you want protected that you've got a policy on right now. Jared Lozier can help you save cash by shopping the market for you. Awesome guy to hang out with. It. Just text him today. He might be at Zach Brown coming up tonight. So, you know what? If you're at the Zach Brown concert and you see a big dude, like 6'4", bald with a beard, if you're watching on our visual side, there he is. If you see that man, grab him at the Zach Brown concert up at SPAC and be like, guys, guys on the go guy. Can I save money? Can I have money? Well, maybe he won't give you money, but Jared Lozier, Northeastern Insurance, 518-956-3753. All right, let's do it. Some weekend wagers. I'm not excited that the weekend wagers are going to start to slow down here in the next two weeks because once college football comes back and the NFL comes back, you get your wagers all the time. So a little pause will come up post NBA, post NHL. I almost hit our three team parlay last week, by the way, to my full on Boston, New England parlay almost hit. We just missed that with stupid Red Sox. Oh, we were so close. We were so close. All right, let's get into the picks. I already gave you a series wager. I've got the Warriors winning. I've got the Avalanche winning their series. I've got the Lightning winning their series. So if you want to parlay that together again, Lightning, Avalanche, Warriors as an overall three-team series, punch that on your ticket. I like this new way to do it. I'm going for two Friday games. I don't even care what the number is. Two of these games, Yankees, Tigers, Rockies, Braves. Max Fried, Garrett Cole, I know they're involved in some of these matchups, but both games are on Apple TV+. Plus. Major League Baseball is putting games on with bigger markets on Apple TV+. Plus. You better put out some home runs, some runs. You're talking about a billion-dollar business. Apple TV+, Plus wants action on these games. So over. Rockies, Braves, over. Yankees, Tigers, over. I love those two plays for baseball on Friday night. Wager, I might head over and drop some of these. All right. Avalanche. Lightning, Celtics, over in Tigers, Yankees, no matter what the number is, over in Rockies, Braves, Friday night, no matter what the matchup is, in two Friday baseball plays. June is here. Looking forward to hopefully seeing you and making you a part of the broadcast. The Albany Empire pregame show, 3.30 to 5 on Saturday, and the game on Saturday at 7 o'clock. Catch you again next week.